When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to this edition of Big Fish Small Pod for Monday, January 16th, 2023. And if you are new to the Small Pod, he would like to give you all the information about the Marlins for that particular day all season long in 10 minutes or less. And Marlins fans, we have yet another guest making his third appearance, a three-timer. The very first guest ever on Big Fish Small Pod, we have Mr. Kevin Barral here to discuss the international signing period for the Marlins and the big trade over the course of last week featuring longtime Marlin Miguel Rojas. Kevin, talk to me. How are you feeling about those two topics? I feel good. I feel good. I think Miami made a pretty good trade to trade away Miggy Rowe. And I, I really do like the signing class. I'll have to do more of a deeper dive into it. But I was just listening over the presser that some of the Fish Traps guys were on with Adrian Lorenzo today, the, interna- the senior international scouting director for the Miami Marlins. And uh, highlighted by three uh, players from the Bahamas. You have a good amount of Dominican players. You even have a Japanese player. So, And Miami may have themselves a, a, maybe a featured Shohei Otani and Gennaro Miller. So... Yeah, and how do you feel about overall Miami trading Miguro, um, being with the team through the ups, through the downs, just one of the last remnants of those teams, which are Carlo and Ozuna, um, Christian Yelich, and all those guys. Just how, how is it now um, that trade? How, how do you feel as a tell me a little bit as a fan of the Marlins? You, you know, it's definitely bittersweet. This guy's been there, ups and downs. Um, he's had his good moments with the team. I mean, you have to go back to 2020 to look at the most memorable moments of, of that rebuild, that team that was just, it was a fun season to watch. And not only that, Miguel Rojas hit over 300 that season, I believe. He was just incredible. If, if the Miami, he's the reason, he's one of the biggest reasons why Miami made the playoffs that year. 1-0 to Miggy. And Miggy all over the offering there, deep into left. That's got a chance. That one is gone. A leadoff home run for Miguel Rojas. Yeah, we'll, we'll miss Miggy. He did a lot of community work outside of of Miami, or not Miami, outside of the ballpark. So uh, always a good person, always very interactive with the fans, if it's on social media or in person. So the last I guess, day of the season is not going to be the same anymore. Yeah, last days of the season. Maybe Jazz, maybe Jazz does it, you know? We'll see now who's that next captain, though, because now Miggy's yeah. gone. You don't have a leader in that clubhouse. I mean, if Pablo's still there, I'd love to see Pablo be, take that leadership role. Maybe Sandy takes a little bit more than we've seen. We know he's a good leader, but we, we both can know, and we could attest to this, that he's a very quiet guy. He just goes about down to do his business. 
and he sets the example for what other not only pitchers should do but position players should be doing every day yeah and let's go a little bit on the field Miguel Rojas one of the two shortstops that the Marlins were looking to trade trading Miguel Rojas the other guy Joey Wendell who they just settled at around six million dollars in arbitration um mm-hmm. tell me how this infield and especially this lineup now is going to look like with Miguel Rojas out and seemingly Joey Wendell is the starting store shop for the Marlins well I mean you lose a huge defensive piece in Miggy Rowe I really do think with LA, he's just going to explode. He's going to have a great season with them. Uh, we'll see. But age just seems to be catching up on Miggy. I mean, we could both come to that, especially offensively. Just did not look good at all. And we know injuries were hurting him. Now he has this wrist injury. So no, who knows if he'll be ready for spring training. But um, Miami is able to, I guess you could firmly say, they will be adding a lefty into that lineup every day with Joey Wendell. I do love Joey Wendell. I think he's a great player, especially offensively. Now, let's see what he does on shortstop. He only played, I believe it's 34 games at shortstop last season for Miami. Obviously, Miggy Rowe taking up most of that. But you still have Xavier Edwards, Jordan Groshans, who maybe they still want to play there and see if they could end up there. I, I could see Xavier Edwards more there, more than Groshans, because we all could say Groshans projects better at third. But then you have Jacob Amaya, and I believe, were you there for the for the Kimming presser on, was it Thursday? after The day after Gene Segura's? No, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, okay, you I was there. Playing. I think it was uh, the day before, right? The day, the day that maybe got yeah, a couple hours before. But uh, I know she mentioned the day after that she would like to see. J- she expects Jacob Amaya at some point to be on the big league roster, which I, I believe he should, and I think he does have a good chance to crack the big league roster. I mean, this guy is a better spring training than Joey Wendell. You really have to start thinking that this guy maybe cracks the opening day roster, not over Joey Wendell, with Joey Wendell. I wouldn't say run a platoon option there, but Wendell could definitely platoon maybe at third, or you just think about what to do there, because it's going to be, you definitely have to start thinking what you do with the infield. I still believe there's an abundance of guys there, especially now that you really just swapped infielders, and one of them will start at AAA. You want to see what you do with Edwards, with Groshan, so it's a lot of questions still to be to be answered with this team. We know we've been seeing the rumors lately with Pablo. So maybe there's an infielder going the other way and you still have to think you still have John Birdie, who obviously plays infield and outfield, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, let, let's move on a little bit to more of the recent news with the international sign period in the Marlins signing a plethora of players you mentioned everywhere from the DR, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, even Japan. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit um, about these players. Who Who's the guy that you really have your eye on? Uh, maybe you look at the highlights, the stats, maybe someone's telling you something, a source, but which of these guys um, really stand out to you that contribute maybe the most in the minor leagues and eventually the Marlins? Well, I, I mean, you, you have to go to their top guy, Gennaro Miller. He is an outfielder and he's a left-handed pitcher, which is what you need on this team. You, I mean, yes, these guys are 18-year-olds and I'm talking about what they need in the future and that's not right of me there, so... I will say, I mean, the way he projects, I still don't know if he's going to be doing both. At least as of right now, the plan is to is for him to do both. You know, uh, I would think, you know, if I if I had to carve it up right now, I think it'd probably be, a, you know, a 70-30, 60-40 split, leaning heavier toward the position player side because there is real offensive upside and he is a real, uh, he defends exceptionally well for somebody as big as he is and runs exceptionally well for somebody as big as he is. Um, so... 
I, I think we really want to find out if, if the bat's going to play. I think it will. Um, but all, at the same time, there's a lot of really interesting qualities to him as a pitcher. So it's, it's a really quick, fluid left arm with what, what comes out of his hand is, is really interesting, not only from a velocity standpoint, we've had him up to 92 recently, but also from a, like a data standpoint, just the, the, the pitch qualities of his fastball, for example, it's extreme cut. Um, he just has a lot of really attractive things going for him with high upside and high projectability. So he, uh, yeah, this is, this is one I'm, I'm very, very excited about. We have to find that Marco Vargas of this draft class or this international class. Last year, they, they signed Marco, Var Marco Vargas to, I believe, around 17K, and he was the Miami Marlins DSL player of the year. So we have to find that guy in this class. Who knows who it'll be? You mentioned the Japanese player, Hiroshi Takahashi, is how you say it. So for the ones who don't know how to pronounce that, there you have it, right-handed pitcher. Um, fun fact, this fleek is very fluent Spanish. She was born in Japan then goes to Venezuela and he was a DR um, and really that's about it I mean Jen Corey De La Cruz another De La Cruz in the Marlins organization he uh -oh. plays the outfield so Noah uh, if you're watching if you're <laughs> shout listening, out Noah shout out Noah and then you have two more players from the Bahamas uh, Daniel Gator and Brias Dean one third base and the other way outfield yeah, so I saw and in the Bahamas there were six total Bahamas players that got signed and three of them came yeah. to the Marlins yeah. That's something should really tell you maybe the effect effect that Jazz has that other guys from the Bahamas are saying, "Hey, I want to be like Jazz. I want I like what their yeah. their development or what they're doing. The they able to to, to just have to promote uh, a player from the Bahamas. And I think that's really great for the Marlins that they're signing half of the Bahamas guys there, out yeah. there really controlling that market. You you mentioned that, but then Lorenzo. Kind of just to contradict what you said, he said this has to do nothing with jazz. It's just he has a place in his heart for this this wow. market in the Bahamas, and maybe it does have to do with jazz. But kids want to learn how to play baseball; they want to get good at it. They see jazz chism, yeah. So you could kind of kind of allude this to jazz, but he he really didn't mention jazz as part of this at all. And um, the Bahamas is a market that could just explode one day, and I believe there'll yeah. be more players from the Bahamas um signing with teams and you know you mentioned it six guys three of them come to miami so you kind of start to assume maybe does maybe jazz does have to do something with this and they already have guys who they signed last year you have ian lewis from the bahamas i believe toby um toby simmons from the bahamas yep. so those are some other guys and then the final thing i want to mention about this draft class is they signed four catchers um Ooh. we did i don't think we saw any catchers going last year and, and i know uh, Adrian said that they were going more position player heavy this year in the draft class. And, and you could very much notice that they only signed one, two, three, four. They signed around seven, eight pitchers in this class. So maybe just over 10, but four catchers. So that is impressive. They signed, um, they signed Jeremy, Jeremy Almonte. They signed Brian, Adrian Bale, Jesus Abreu, and Rent. Alexander. No Ethan Salas, right, Kevin? And no Nixon Trinas. No Ethan Salas. No Ethan Salas. <laughs> that, that would have burned all the money. Miami would have had one signing, Ethan Salas. So, yeah, that was a crazy too. Ethan Salas went to yeah. the Padres for five point, I believe, six mil, almost the whole. Jose Salas. Whole. Ethan Salas. No, no, is he related to Jose? Oh yeah, they're brothers. Oh, oh, see, right there. Jose was there. Jose was at the signing today. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, that's why I was like, maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Ethan Salas is. I heard Marlin. there's another brother. There's another brother coming on the way. Yeah, Oops. maybe that one's a Marlin. Who knows? Uh, speaking of Marlins, uh, the last topic, really quickly, I want to discuss with you the arbitration numbers. 
Um, I'm going to give you a list of the players and what they settled at or the, their amount. I want you to tell me uh, which ones of these really stand out to you, if it's a worry or not, or, or which ones you like. Um, Tom Birdie um, filed at 2.3, Marlins 1.9, Garrett Cooper, they settled at 4.2, Pablo settled at 5.45, Jesus Luzardo filed at 2.5. Marlins filed at 2.1. Tanner Scott settled at 2.8. Jacob Stallings settled at 3.3. And Joey Wendell at 6. Any of these really stand out to you? I mean, in terms of the guys that agreed, no. You, you didn't, the only other play we have to mention is JT Chargois, who did agree to a deal. We still don't have the numbers, but we assume it's around a million or so. I mean, just a new guy on the team. Really not, many, not much Major League experience. So... Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, I, I think it's Luzardo who, who really stands out. You really couldn't agree at least around 2.2 mil for this guy. Like, I don't just, he's just someone who, who deserves a contract extension, number one. Mm-hmm. He's going to be an all-star, in my opinion, in 2023. And he's going to be one of the guys you've got to start considering for an, a dark horse. behind Sandy? Uh, he could possibly take that, especially with, with Pablo possibly on the way out. You have to think about that. And then Birdie, yeah. <laughs> Birdie may have gone a little too high, but it's okay. I think 2.1 mil would have been nice for him, but yeah, he's trying to get his money. He had a great season with the Marlins. I mean, if it wasn't for him, Miami probably wouldn't have won a couple of these games. He was the league leader in uh, stolen bases, so I can see why he went for the 2.3. And uh, shout out to Garrett Cooper getting a good a good bag there. Um, Jacob Stallings a little surprised. <laughs> Jacob Stallings went up 3.8, 3.8, 3.35. And he was maybe a little too much. But he can make the argument he was a gold glover two years ago. So yep. and, 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 he helped Sandy, and he helped Sandy for that Cy Young. So Yeah, it's probably it's a good reason it, why. I mean, the good thing is they, they got they got almost everyone signed. But the largest going... gaps are, are Birdie, four hundred K and then three fifty with Fuzardo, which is Yeah, which is a little disappointing, especially with Birdie. You would have liked to see them agree with him with how long he's been in the organization. Luzardo, you kind of expected it. Injuries, you you know. But you really can't use that as, a, as an excuse when this guy dominated in the second half of the year. Yeah. When he came back, obviously, from injury. And with that, um, we're going to keep it short and sweet with the small pod. Kevin, first guest ever, third time on here. You're always welcome on. Um, always great having you. And for everyone listening, always, always, always off-season, in-season, January, February, March, all the months, always go fish.